G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some years ago, Samaritan's Purse launched a purpose-built disaster relief unit that can be deployed wherever major disasters occur around Australia. And it's a resource that's unlike anything else in Australia. That's why it's so important to be talking about this, because it's an inspiration to every one of us. It's called the National Disaster Relief Unit. It's a semi-trailer fitted out as a mobile command centre that can be deployed quickly into disaster centres. It's carrying enough tools and equipment to mobilise 60 to 80 volunteers at a time. It's fitted out with both an office for coordinating a disaster response and a workshop for maintaining equipment. Ian Gannell is the Samaritan's Purse Program Manager in Batemans Bay and Ian is with us now. Hi Ian, welcome along. Thank you very much. Ian, when you hear a story like Erica, uh, she's there on the Gold Coast in Queensland, just in the hinterland, uh, Beachmont, and uh, she's out and uh, recognises that there's a, you know, it's 1am in the morning, bushfires are in the area, there's a call to evacuate, so she goes outside and prays. I mean, is this the story you've been hearing from various people? Because uh, there's an old saying that says there are no... Uh, atheists in the trenches in foxholes. Uh, there are no atheists on death row. And I imagine that when you are uh, faced by the potential of bushfire that might well take your life that night, uh, you're actually going to be calling on God. Is this something, a story that you've heard over and over? Yes, uh, it is a similar story. Uh, and everybody, of course, has their own stories with bushfires. Uh, but certainly as we've been uh, meeting with homeowners and doing work at their places, oftentimes people will say that they have prayed. It might be in a life-threatening situation. Uh, one person that we spoke with in Taree, uh, he was trying to battle to save his house and realised that it just couldn't be done. And he prayed, and his, his story is that the flames just opened up and he was able to go through and in the process, as he went down the hill, and he was a member of the Rural Fire Service as well, as he went down the hill, he saw another homeowner who was in dire straits. So got down the bottom of the hill and then came back with some of the Rural Fire Service people and saved that person. Um, another one said she leant over the gate and prayed for four hours. So, yes, it's a common story. You know, it's a complex thing when we talk about prayer and disaster because some will be able to say, I prayed and the wind changed and the fires turned back the opposite direction. Others will say, I prayed, but my house was taken. And there's a certain sense we could reflect, uh, you know, on scripture and we could go to the story of Job. You know, uh, though he slay me, yet will I praise his name. And there's a certain sense in which when you can suffer loss and still give glory to God. I mean, when you are saved, all glory to God. And if I lose everything, all glory to God. There is a certain sense in, in here that that uh, for different people are seeing things in a different way and experience the presence of God in a different way, even when they've had some losses. That's very that's very true. And... Um 
oftentimes we come across Christian people, but those who believe in God, who have indicated to us that throughout the experience, whether it's a traumatic one or whether it's just a, a concerning one, um, and not, not the trauma as such, that they say that they can sense the presence of God with them through that time. And certainly that's um, one of the things that we are seeking to do here is not just respond just because it's a disaster. We're, we're here to actually help, and it's our shirt say it, helping in Jesus' name, to give people not only a, a sense of care and concern and love for them, but also to give them the opportunity to at least ask questions about why is it we're here? Why what, what do you do this stuff? Which is often a question people ask as well. And we have the, the ability then to share the hope that we have through Jesus Christ and why we do things that we do. And that changes people's approach to circumstances. Well, you've got this magnificent facility here, this Samaritan's Purse Relief Unit, and it travels around wherever there is a disaster, and you stay in that community as long as there's work to do. And so what you've got here is a unit that turns up in a town, and right now we're parked opposite the Anglican Church in Batemans Bay. Yes. And what your intention is, is to unite the churches of a region so that people who are called uh, or able to help in whatever way that they can, that, that you can actually help to mobilise them. This is the sort of thing that we have needed in Australia for a very long time, and you're certainly showing some wonderful leadership here. And I, I have to say, I've seen Ian in action, because this morning we were here very early, the volunteers were gathering, they gathered for a devotion, uh, then they were equipped and uh, sent out in teams for the day. Uh, you've got a lot of people who are volunteering. They're coming from all sorts of places. They're not all Batemans Bay people. They're coming from other places other than Batemans Bay. Sometimes the people who are in the trauma zone, they've not got the wherewithal to be able to help, but people are coming from outside. That, that's correct. Um, and I'll, I could list them. I'll, actually, I will list them very, very, very briefly. But first of all, in relation to the disaster recovery unit that we have, it's a semi-trailer. Black in colour, very shiny, but it doesn't stay shiny for too long sometimes. Yep. Um, it's spent the last uh, almost 12 months travelling down from uh, uh, Townsville in Queensland where the unit was there for assistance with flood recovery and then has worked its way down through uh, Stanthorpe, Bow Desert, um, other places in Queensland, then into Casino, New South Wales, near Rapville. Um, Taree, New, northern New South, uh, central coast area of New South Wales, and now down at Batemans Bay, and we have a trailer sitting in the same block of land which was sent on down to Bairnsdale um, to for the team to work through from there. Um, in relation to our volunteers, our work, and even as you say this morning, we're racing around like busy bees. It's really the volunteers actually make the place work. Um, these people are, as as the word says doing it freely of their own free will. They don't get paid for any of this work. Um, they come along and help. But our volunteers have come from all sorts of places. We've had volunteers from every state across Australia. Um, we've had volunteers from the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, USA, Brazil and Sri Lanka. And a Vietnamese group that have only just recently arrived in Australia has come down from Sydney to Batemans Bay and a Burmese related church in Victoria sent uh, about 70 volunteers on one day to do work. 
Interestingly, the sort of work you do, there's room here for a lot of people with a lot of different skills. And you've got people who are volunteers, you've got people who are experts when it comes to trauma counselling. You can have someone come here uh, who can uh, counsel people when it comes to post-traumatic stress disorder. You've got people who are of that calibre. Mm-hmm. But then you've got other people who say, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified like that, but I can wield a chainsaw or I can shovel and I can do all sorts of things in helping someone get back on their feet. Uh, so the sort, of, the sort of gifts that people have who are typical volunteers... That's that's true, and in fact, um, when you say you've you know you've got people who've got skills such as being able to wield wield a chainsaw, we have a lot of people that volunteer with us. That oftentimes they come and they say, "I don't have any skills at all." Um, you, the fact that you are prepared to spend some time means that you bring something to us, and we're able to use whatever experience. And experience is important. You may not realise it as if, as you're listening to this. But most people, as they get older, such as me, um, are able to look back on their life and say, you know what, I had this experience, that helps me here. I've seen that, that helps me here. So it's not about qualifications, it's not about training per se, it's not about education standards, it's not about whether you can wield a chainsaw or whether you can drive an impact drill or whether you can use a broom. Whatever is required... God will provide the skills and volunteers bring those skills to us. Well, I would love it if there were listeners to our program today who were making contact with you. And it might be that there's no natural disaster right today that people will be responding to. But you've got a database of volunteers and you would love to see that database continue to grow because when there is a disaster that needs to have a response you need some people to call on there and uh, and to mobilize people and those with skills those with the experience of being a part of what you do and those who are beginners you I no doubt you want to get everyone together those who are with yep. some experience and those who are beginners so that they can grow in their capacity to be able to help deal with these sorts of disasters and that's absolutely correct Neil um, we need volunteers because what we can do to help some of our homeowners is actually driven by the number of volunteers that we have if we have more volunteers we're able to do more help if we have varied volunteers we're able to do varied help so our organization is volunteer driven and we would love it if we're able to help everybody unfortunately that's not always the case uh, particularly when you have issues such as uh, you know, that com- house is completely destroyed and the homeowner has moved away. It's, it's very difficult to help people in those sorts of circumstances. But pe- for people who are impacted in one way, shape or form by the bushfire, we're able to help. Yes, we... Sorry. Yes. I was going to say, and what do people respond with when they hear that there's someone from the Samaritan's Purse uh, Emergency uh, uh, Relief Unit uh, arrived at their home? They've, they've spent some time helping. Sometimes you're also dropping off a fire recovery kit. Correct. So you're not leaving people there with nothing. Oh, a few volunteers arrived and they worked through the day, but then they left and we still have no tools. Yep. But you actually have a particular kits that you leave with people yes we, we we can and we do um if you think about a bushfire and sometimes you actually drive around batemans bay even now after all that rain everything's green everything looks as though it's recovering but people haven't recovered no no they're still suffering um and there's still things to be done and you think about their sheds that get burnt 
Where are all their tools? And what's left? A shovel is no good unless it's got a handle. Um, machinery that they've had before is, is no longer there. So we leave them with some fire, fire recovery tools that actually helps them at least get started. And the most common thing that we actually hear when we go in and help people is that people have suffered such trauma um, and such devastation that oftentimes they comment to us, thank you, we don't know where we would have started. And at least you've given us that start. So a lot of our role is not doing everything because we can't, but a lot of our role definitely is about giving people hope. Many of us will know someone who has gone through some level of trauma, uh, whether it's just been going through the process of being evacuated from your home, which has its own sense of fear and stress associated with it, even if you didn't lose your home. Of course, if you did lose your home, you lost your pets, you lost your livestock, uh, all of those sorts of things just compound uh, different people at different uh, levels in their trauma. What's your advice, Ian, uh, for people, not just for this Batemans Bay community that we're sitting in today, but for people who know someone who've gone through uh, some level of bushfire uh, attack, we'll call it attack, uh, over these past months, uh, just to keep in, in some contact with them. How much encouragement do you think is needed for, uh, for people to receive as they are getting back on their feet? Look, I would, uh, I would encourage anybody who's aware of uh, friends, family or others that have suffered um, some type of loss. Um, and that loss can be a loss of property, loss of animals, a loss of confidence a loss of just connection with other parts of their community which are no longer there, just to touch base with them and just say that you're here, that you are prepared to sit and talk, listen, prepared to give any help whatsoever, and oftentimes it's just the showing up that makes makes a world of difference. Certainly, one of the things that we found that uh, impacted, and a lot of people that uh, we come across, say, things like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not particularly religious or anything like that. Um, we find that even the fact that we're there, we're helping, is helpful for them. Mm-hmm. And we always seek to pray. We pray for our own teams, but we always invite the homeowners to be involved in those prayers. And oftentimes people find that very, very comforting. So prayer and offering just to be there with people is a very big help. Ian Gunnell is Samaritan's Purse Program Manager in Batemans Bay. He's the guy who coordinates the volunteers. We've seen him in action today, just releasing those volunteers into the teams, uh, being in prayer, prayerfully considering what they're doing, the encouragement to really offer a hand of love to people who've gone through such tough times. And uh, he's been able to mobilise them today. They're out working even now as we speak. We're going to continue our conversation in just a few moments, uh, but I want to thank you, Ian. Wonderful to get your insight, and we might even get uh, some more from you in just a little while. But, Ian, thank you so much for being part of our broadcast today. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.